Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thanks very much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Ball Bags Podcast. Season 3, episode 9, we are flying through the season, I think we've four, four left, but prior to Christmas, short break and then we'll be back in the new year to talk all things sport. Delighted to be joined this evening, firstly by the Chief, how are you my fine son? good Sasquatch, how are you? Can't complain, can't complain, it's Friday Eve, and last but not least, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, it's Rocky, how are you sir? Sasquatch hanging in there. Sorry now I didn't get to uh, to join you last week, but I listened back to the podcast and you basically took all of the words out of my mouth. Spot on analysis That's the from the period. we've built here over nine short episodes. Uh, you may be gone, but not forgotten when you're absent. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, look, I suppose we're going to stick with the tried and tested, the, the true formula. Um, so last weekend's player of the week, and why agree disagree and then the must see tv for the irish viewer so i'm not going to dilly dally too much rocky who was your player of the week and why um i've picked somebody who really should have been in contention for this from the start of last year but that's russell wilson uh, a couple of weeks ago he knocked off the the chiefs and everybody sort of put that down to patrick mahomes having the flu and the Broncos defense, but he he followed that up with a, a decisive win over the Buffalo Bills. Um, if you look at his his numbers now, he's third in the league in passing touchdowns, uh, fourth in passer rating. Uh, that's that's higher than the top three favorites for the MVP in Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts, and he's tied for first in the league in fourth quarter comebacks. So I think the Russell Wilson that everybody expected Denver to acquire last year, from the start of last year, is actually finally starting to come around. And I think it's important because he, he, he set up a good legacy in Seattle and there was a serious danger of that all going to rot. And he's looks like he's in the process of turning that around and maybe saving his legacy. Yeah, true, true. Uh yeah, definitely man of the hour in Denver right now. Um, my selection for player of the week is Cole Palmer. Um, obviously, didn't see it live. Uh, was busy with rugby, but an incredible game in the Premier League on Sunday. 4-4 finished Chelsea Man City. The reason I selected Cole Palmer is obviously, look, he's still very young. A lot of people questioned the decision uh, for Chelsea to pay the sum they did. Uh, a lot of people questioned the decision from City to move off him. It has turned out to be the best move for both parties, I think. But in stoppage time, he stepped up, took sole ownership and took kicked the penalty to to deny City the three points. I thought it's a huge result for Chelsea, who kind of seemed to be hitting a rich, rich vein of form. And I just think it, I'll often nominate a player of the week just because they showed absolute melons. And I think he showed melons on Sunday night, uh, being as young as he is against his former club, I thought, yeah, that showed me melons. And Chief? 
your player of the week. My player of the week is Ben Healy for Edinburgh. He, I thought he controlled the game very well against Connacht. Um, obviously, he's moved there from Munster, where he was third in line. Uh, obviously, probably tenth in line with regards Ireland set up, so that kind of forces hand a little bit for international. And we've seen what he's been able to do for Scotland when he deputises for Finn Russell. Um, yeah, Ty just ran the game really well. Um, game win and drop goal. Yes, they had penalty advantage, which he would have kicked anyway. Um, I think he'd he'd only one one kick missed off the tee. Um, Saturday night, but yeah, Ben Healy was I thought my player of the week. Bit of a bit of a scorned lover effect there, Chief. Is there? Uh no. I like I, I'm genuinely uh, pleased for him. Um, like he he was. He was too good not to stick around, uh, or too good to stick around Munster. Like when Joey's fit and playing well, he's a, he's probably a good number two to Crowley. Um, Crowley is obviously the number one now at Munster. Um, but like Ben Healy's been, he was a class act for Munster when he did play. So actually delighted for him. Okay, and if we have to decide, gents. The undisputed player of the week is this week. Well, I'll I'll just chip in and say my Russell Wilson pick. It's it's more noting sort of the process he's started, and I think maybe he's decisively started the process. So I'm happy to waive him for this week because there's every chance we might see him over the next couple of months. Unless, of course, <sighs> neither of you feel too strongly about your own selections, but I'm like both of your your fellas. Put up fine performances. I, 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 I kind of forgot Russell Wilson. Um, when doing my pick, I actually probably think it might be him because of the, and rightly so, the the kind of barrage he suffered from the media over the last eighteen months. Mm-hmm. The memes, Broncos country, let's ride. He never fell into it. He never. Sulked. He just got on with it, and it finally seems to be turning around. Now, look, probably one for another pod, but we've talked about kind of my feelings on Sean Payton, and I think he's finally starting to come true as well. Um, so I'm not against the concept of going to Russell Wilson. I would actually tend to agree with you, uh, Sasquatch, and go with Russell Wilson on this. Uh, because of okay. the because of the criticism that he he's taken, deserved criticism at that. Um, but yeah, just to, that he does seem to have turned the corner and to maybe, hopefully, it's the start of something there with the Broncos. Um, like it's it's a big franchise with big following, and to see them suffering, <laughs> it's very similar to Bear's situation. <laughs> Yeah, so I suppose that was an anti-argument. We must have really missed you last week, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> um, Appreciate it. Moving on. This week's Agree to Disagree. Rocky, again, it's yourself to deputise. We must have really missed you. <clears throat> you must have, and I'm, I'm flattered. So, lads, if we could create our own entirely European NFL division, what cities and relevant team names would we choose? I told you the idea of us coming up with a, a draft sort of format for this but um i think after the first five six selections we'd be we'd be kind of picking out of 
a bag of random cities then, which mightn't have much of a connection. But uh, if you had to choose, I suppose, four cities, and maybe, I don't know, we we might exclude London, because I think that's the, the low-hanging fruit there, given that it's... it's so, so you're looking for three other, t- three other cities? Three or four London. other cities. Uh, not necessarily very obvious ones. I'm going to preface this by saying it's actually a lot more difficult than you think. Um, the reason I'm saying that is if you were starting again in the morning and you had to pick cities to put an NFL franchise you and only in America, you you probably would put Las Vegas on the map. I don't think it's been a great spot for the Raiders primarily because for a young athlete who has come from nothing and has been handed a water cash, I think it's potentially a very dangerous city. So I think you need to pick cities mm-hmm. that have the population there for a significant fan base. You need to pick cities that are attractive to a free agent, but they're also not too fun. So, right, okay. So, uh, you want a bit yes. of culture as well. Bit well connected, so but slightly in, austere. Bit of, bit of family yeah. vibes about the city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so, maybe a slight homeless need a few journeymen. Yeah. So I'm thinking you don't want Amsterdam. No. Too much debauchery. So, and you probably don't want uh, where the popular stag destinations, Prague, uh, Krakow. You probably avoid them. I'm thinking Munich, big German fan base. I'm thinking Paris for the culture alone. And then you're going to want to play somewhere nice and sunny and passionate fans. So the Basque region screams that to me. So I'm kind of thinking Barcelona. So those would be my three spots. Barcelona, Paris and Munich. Yeah, I think um, certainly um, Munich and Barcelona. I think Barcelona is tipped for an international game next year. So that certainly is... An idea, even the NFL themselves, they've had, uh, additionally, obviously, with the, the German games. Yourself, Chief, are you in full agreement, or do you have any more, maybe slightly more obscure names out of the hat? Yeah, two, two, two of the cities I definitely agree with, Munich and Paris, uh, or, sorry, Munich and Barcelona, um, would have been two that I would have thought straight off the bat would be, would be great. Like, the... Obviously, the international game in Munich was last year. Was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's it's just a good city. Barcelona obviously has its own advantages, and there is there is a big market there. Um, in Spain as well, so that that would be, that would be good. But I think. Maybe, Edinburgh or Newcastle, just for. Just kind of out there options. You're you're being selfish and you're thinking thirty euro flights, yeah. <laughs> easy jet. That's what you're thinking. Yeah, Ryanair all the way, in and out for thirty quid. To a romantic weekend where you might take the missus to Rome. Yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. Rome, Rome, Rome is struggling as it is with rugby, so I think um, NFL might be a a greater struggle there. But you yeah. you could probably. I'm not sure. Maybe somewhere like Stockholm as well. 
Yeah, some That's of the I was thinking somewhere in Scandinavia. Scando. Um, I I would think maybe Iceland. And people go, why Iceland? Because there's no point putting a franchise there unless you're going to start to develop talent. And Iceland's famous for strongmen. Uh, so we could true. have yeah. an offensive line of, of Icelandic Vikings, I think would be... Um, must see TV I know you said no stag dues and maybe this doesn't qualify but I was at um, I was in Budapest I think while the playoffs yeah, were on bad. a couple of years ago and there was I was very surprised by the amount of NFL paraphernalia being worn around the streets I think it's it's certainly in with the shout yeah good spot yeah. as well yeah um, yeah um, and we've been we've been too negative towards Eastern Europe. Um, well, <coughs> Minsk. Minsk, yeah. Well, I think the the far reaches of Eastern Europe might be out of the realms of possibility just for the moment. For yeah. the time being, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I surprised neither of yeah, you. Um, just even through, and maybe it's it's trying not to succumb to the bias, but. Through Ireland's name of the hat, they already host the the college football games. Um, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking along the lines of Dublin too, um, especially with, I know, like, obviously the Steelers have rights here and stuff like that, but um, it could be like a partner franchise or something of the Steelers and I like a feeder club or something like that, you know? Well, I was even thinking if you're getting a London franchise... And you're not posing that there's two to three games played mm. in Dublin. You're kind of missing a trick, um. Considering they're going to have what eight, eight to nine home games a season. I'd be thinking, we'll get two or three, uh, across. Especially if the Steelers are due to play. Let's say for argument's sake, it's the Jags, um, in London. You'd be remiss not to maybe move it across mm. to Dublin. Um, sure, and you're you're still within that so. um you're still within that GMT time zone as well, so it's not as if there's there's experimentation in terms of of travel yeah. going on. Yeah, I think yeah, I think actually the more I think about it, I think it's probably going to be Western Europe, primarily because like the London games are on early, but then and and I think to put them in that early slate at 6 p.m. on a Sunday it's a nightmare for fans and public transport so it's not going to work so it probably is going to be that 2 p.m. time slot they keep putting the London games in which works out at what 7 a.m. West Coast time it's not ideal mm. but the further east you go the earlier that will probably get yeah working yeah I think uh, so 2 o'clock a.m. is probably 9 o'clock in the morning uh, eastern time but it's Western yeah, time, then it's probably yeah. so like you go you go out to LA like that could be a 4am game like if so if the the Chargers or the Rams are playing in London at a 2pm 2, a 2 GMT time it's 4am possibly you know yeah. it's it's probably just a bit too yeah. early um, interesting topic anyway Um the buzzer did just go, uh, so we'll rattle through. Um, staying very much oval ball this week. 
Um, slightly different code. But significant week last week in the URC. Some really good games, actually. I was really impressed. And significantly, both Italian side sides picked up wins against South African opposition. Zebra's first win in 29 attempts. And I know we're kind of sans the World Cup stars. But do we think there's potential that we're getting a greater sense of parity in the URC? Or do we think it's just going to be business as normal when world or when the World Cup stars kind of return? To the Irish and South African teams primarily. This one, lads, I'm probably going to be leaving, stepping back into the shadows for this one. It's more than okay. It'll be a learning experience for the listeners and myself. And that's why uh, that's why we love this podcast. Everybody takes some something new. That's okay. I'll uh, just just on your point of it's the first time that both Italian sides picked up a win in the same weekend in the URC. Mm. This weekend also seen the first time all four Welsh regions lost for the first time. And mm. I think that is a sign of the parity. I know there's World Cup stars still to come in for all teams, but I do think the Italian sides are closing in on the lower hanging Welsh regions and the same with South Africa. Like the lines the the lines are probably there for the taking for both Italian regions, uh home and away. Possibly this year, if everyone's fit and fighting. Um certainly the Dragons like the WRU have released a very critical report about the goings on behind the scenes there. And they're like they're in the hole for a lot of money and they're having to reduce squad numbers and stuff like that and they're losing a lot of their star players to to be able to retain them for the the national side they've had to let them go play in France and uh, the Gallagher Premiership or even some of the Irish teams picked them up if which doesn't really happen because the non non Irish qualified rule and stuff like that but. Yeah, I, I do think um, the Zebra, it's actually funny. Zebra had scored three bonus points, uh, four try bonus points in their three games, first three games of the season. Um, and had I think they've already surpassed their points total probably from last year. Like, it, the, they've always been the, the whipping boys of the league and, you know, pretty much them and the Dragons at the bottom. But it's, I think, the work that Conor O'Shea and others have done with the youth system over there is starting to feed through. Will it? Will it kick on to the next World Cup? Probably not. Like to feed into the national team, um, it's probably still a step too far. But did have a very, did have a very good under twenties this year. Very competitive under twenties, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, like next World Cup they're twenty four, the following one they're twenty eight. Like that could be could be a potential one for them to rattle a few cages and a few upsets. Um but no I, yeah, I I think I think there is parity. Like and Benetton are always a dangerous side to everyone in the yeah. league. Obviously the, the only side to have ever won a Rainbow Cup. Yep. You know, can't can't forget that. 
Jeez, uh, COVID was a wild time for sporting experimentation. <laughs> so, okay, maybe I probably focus too much on the Italian sides and maybe just the fact that when the South African sides are sans their few stars, they're all up for the beating because it was the Stormers, Bulls beat the Ospreys in the end. Um, was the Sharks that's ever beat? Yes, it was. Sharks. Yeah. I agree that's two of the stronger sides. Yeah, well, Sharks um, probably have a bigger representation of uh, South African players in their, in their squad. And the Stormers have been losing finalists the season just gone two and the winning finalists the previous season. So like they, they are the t- two stronger um, franchises out of South Africa. But uh, it's interesting times to see. So effectively all we need to do is sort out those Welsh regions and I think we have ourselves a very competitive league. Competitive yeah, competition. Yeah. I think so. Like you, you look, you look at Connacht start. Um, we, which was my point last week. Can they push on? They very nearly got a draw against Edinburgh, and but for going in at the side and you know uh, Ben Healy's drop goal, it was uh, they could have came away and stayed unbeaten. And actually, just to double down on your Italian clubs, Benetton are the only unbeaten side so far this season. Yeah, they've had two draws and three wins. I think out of five. So, yeah. so, yeah, it's interesting reading, and obviously, you've around this weekend. There's, there's there's a few good fixtures in it, but nothing amazing. The next weekend, obviously, we've got the synonymous Irish derby, Munster Leinster, India Viva. Uh, both sides should be at full complement. I think we kind of really get a feel for what the league is, kind of between the end of November. And Christmas time, um, it'll be a bit bit of a delayed start, but I think as a league, it's going the right direction. Um, two Scottish teams, two Italian teams, they're they're kind of going in the right yeah. direction. Like Edinburgh can be hit and miss, Glasgow can be hit and miss, but every once in a while, they're good teams. If we can sort out the Welsh reunion, and it might actually be a concept where the URCs might need to start looking at looking after the sides in it, as opposed to being dependent on the regions. But look, you've a global market, you've TV audiences from South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Italy. There's no reason why there should be shouldn't be more revenue making opportunities available. Um and that would be my plea anyway, that we get competitive Welsh regions again, because as someone who grew up with Highland Cup rugby in the early nineties, I just know how competitive Welsh regions yeah. can be. Uh but that's the time of mine. So Chief Final point for agree to disagree. Yep. Hit it so up. this was my player of the week last week. And um having acquired Josh Josh Dobbs at the trade deadline as cover for Kirk Cousins with the team four and four, can Dobbs and the Vikings push on for playoff contention who are now six and four for the season with two wins on the bounce since his arrival? Well a resident specialist. Take the floor. I hope you're not talking about me. Yeah, right. I certainly am. Sorry. Um, Hiding in the background. There. I think it's it'll be a tough ask. Um, I think 
you know, we've seen Josh Dobbs this season, but I think even when the same player goes to another team and he fits into a, a different scheme, he's not the exact same player. The tape isn't the exact same on him. On top of that, um, Minnesota has, of the remaining games left in the season, this, the 11th most difficult schedule. Um, with two matchups against the Lions, a matchup against the Bengals, and one against the now pretty decent looking Broncos. So it's certainly not out of the realms of possibility. They're currently in the playoff picture. I think if they if they can maintain their, you know, sort of 500 football for the rest of the season, I think they're in with a great shot. Yeah. Um, I think with Joshua Dobbs, look, it's been exceptional what he's done the last two games. It's a real difficult spot. He's also kind of showed glimpses in Arizona. I think he Absolutely. might well be took down the Cowboys the best backup in the competition and if you're the best backup in the competition that sometimes means you're better than two or three of the stars and this is how the NFL works the back office staff in Cleveland must be absolutely kicking themselves right now especially seeing as Deshaun Watson is probably out for the rest of the year I think he is out for the rest of the he year he is yeah um, yeah he was he was ruled out for the rest of the year there with his play, with Joshua Dobbs' play and that defense, they are playoff bound, no ifs, buts, no coconuts. Now it's not as certain. Um, yeah, if you, and this is slightly off topic again, but going into next year, lads, who are you more comfortable with? Paying Deshaun Watson 64 million a year or Josh Dobbs on, on his current contract, which is 2 million a year? You well, and without the PRMS, not to be, not to be disrespectful, but uh, it's kind of a moot point because because of how you jumble around that deal, you're paying that sixty four million anyway. Well, that's it. The question yeah. is, are you more comfortable paying sixty four or are you more comfortable paying sixty six? Um, I think, as well as he's done, Joshua Dobbs, I think he is. This is very disrespectful to say. But I think he's Teddy Bridgewater. I think five-game streak, he can look like the best quarterback in the league. But I think, ultimately, there is a reason why he's not a starter in the league. And we've said this a few times on another production. This has probably felt like the most reactionary NFL season that I've, I've ever witnessed. Um, teams go from being... like We've had a different favourite like favorite for the Super Bowl every week. It, it's felt like... Um, we've made up opinions about teams after three weeks that have like flip-flopped. Like We were legitimately talking about the Broncos as being one of the worst teams in the competition. Now we're talking about a side, little bit chan- legitimate chance of making the playoffs because of a three-game stretch. Like We are a bit overreactionary. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we've kind of forgot. Like Joshua Tobbs was great against the Cowboys, but there was games in which he struggled. In that spell in Arizona. I think part of the reactionary so. nature is, and I think you touched on this last uh, week, it's that there are 17 games in the re- regular season. So it's not like basketball with 80 games or baseball with 160 games where you can, you know, you might update your opinion every 10 games or so. 
you know one game is a, is a sizable chunk of the the season so you're you're almost constantly trying to update the power rankings in your own head and um and often you know you're dealt a, a mirage Fair. yeah um what i would say about joshua dobbs is it has shown everyone that care, that is it Kevin O'Connell is yeah. the head coach of the Vikings yeah that 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 sir is a very good coach what he has done with everything that's gone against him this season to kind of have them here I think that is a very good coach um, we kind of thought last season might have been a bit of bit of the Brian Dayball effect in New York which is which is not going that way but I think Kevin O'Connell can coach and I think the Vikings are probably saying we just need to get this guy uh, an at least league average quarterback and he can make it work and we probably if we're being like cutthroat business wise we could probably move off Justin Jefferson because he can do it with like average wide receivers and as a position wide receivers you're getting you're getting 20 guys every year at a draft that can play 20 guys minimum yeah I, my, my only push sorry sorry go on chief yeah no 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 go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say yeah you say uh move on from justin jefferson but i think if you asked any titans fan should, should they have moved on from aj brown because you can get any player in a draft that can play i think they'd probably disagree with you there i i understand where you're coming from it's mm. just i think when you have a certified top 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 commodity do you do you pay it yeah. or do you do you retain it? You know. Yeah, which is look, it's there's pros and cons. Absolutely, it's, it's, it's think, a debate that happens every year, in every front office. I think, I think for a while the Vikings have kind of felt like tied to Kirk Cousins, mm. given that we know what Kirk Cousins is. He's like going to be good in the regular season, sans prime time games, and probably will let you down in the playoffs. Whereas now they can probably afford. They think we've got the guy here. We can probably be a bit more aggressive trying to twist and get a different quarterback which is harsh and Kirk obviously he's after doing his Achilles Achilles yeah yeah after having one of his um, best years yeah sorry That's, Chief I uh, put you off there a few minutes yeah ago. no it, it it's actually it's more a point on Kirk Cousins his uh, he's due to become a free agent at the end of the season and do the mm. move off him and go get a good quarterback that can play the system like can go get I, I, I don't know who you would get like do you do you try and keep Josh Dobbs or convince him to come over I, now I'm not saying he's going to be the number one there but like because he, he he's obviously been a very good number two at every club he's been or every franchise he's been at but do you maybe is this the fit for him to be a number one with the, with the right coach you get a very good sample you know? size you think I know, I know. It's only two games. Um, I suppose yeah. in we've seven games left to see how he goes, and that that'll be time yeah. to tell. But I've been impressed by him anyway so far, and uh, because yeah, it was absolutely. looking like it probably was looking like a, it easily could have been four and six now instead of six and four going into yeah. the week before Turkey Week. So, yeah. 
I think as well, I think he, in the style of Geno Smith last year, I think he's the most deserving of comeback player of the year. Uh, his his mm. career transformation has been... And even if most of it is narrative, you know, he's not putting up huge numbers, but it's it's getting the wins when nobody expected them. Yeah. Yeah. Look, my final point on this is he also probably is one of the coolest nicknames in the league. The Pastronaut. Fuck. <laughs> give him that. Yeah. Uh, so finally, just to round us out, um, we have this week's Must See TV. Be myself. Then we've got Rocky with a surprise mystery box for his fixture leak. We, we don't know what this is. Typically, we know what this is in advance. So I'm expecting fireworks. And then it's the Chief. Um, so myself, I got special disp- dispensation as the uh, friend of the podcast to extend it from the weekend to the early hours Tuesday morning. But it is obviously a very biased Eagles versus Kansas Super Bowl rematch. It is Monday Night Football. So for the Irish fan, it is Tuesday evening, the 21st of the 11th. Tuesday morning, sorry, 21st of the 11th. Sky Sports main event. Uh, quarter past one uh, look you all have jobs record it rewatch it it's going to be a talking point that's all it needs to be said it is two top teams in the NFL um, my, I'm going to just dispel any mystery around my pick um, but I need to ask you first uh, Sasquatch when is this episode going out because that might affect my answer it's tomorrow morning. Okay, tomorrow morning. It, otherwise, it would have been the um, the Ravens and Bengals this evening. That if if the Ravens take that victory, I think I actually that, thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be the Cornhole National Championship game there on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> That's what I actually thought you were going to go. With. No Division Three. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Kabaddi. Um, I'm gonna go with and. Um, ties in extraordinarily well to um some of our talking points today but it is the broncos versus the vikings so we'll get to see russell wilson we'll get to see josh dobbs lazy journalism lazy journalism lazy journalism the stars aligned for that one it would have been criminal to not uh to not mention that fair i'll let you off this week We'll, we'll get to see we'll get to see if russell wilson is the man for the the Broncos and if Dobbs is the man for the Vikings we'll, we'll put some we'll That's put some it, of those point, yeah. points to bed That's exactly what we'll we'll put Italian rugby fans in attendance it's it's a full trifecta <laughs> Yeah so my my game of the week uh, to watch is the Leicester Tigers versus Northampton Saints big rivalry between these two teams um mm. It's on Saturday at five past three on TNT, what used to be BT Sport. Um, Saints are in good form and Tigers, not so good, but it's at Welford Road, so should should be a good game. Yeah, you also have uh, little uh, in terms of, uh, maybe the Sharks kind of game, but uh, you have no Premier League action. It's an international weekend. You have... Uh, very little kind of competing in terms of attention. So, yeah, and that's a classic old school rivalry kind of bread and It's pretty ball. much like your Munster Leinster um, um, in, in, in English yeah. rugby. Um, I could have went Munster Stormers as a repeat of the URC final, but I, I 
went for a monster match last week and it backfired on me. <laughs> so we go. And you probably, some of us will probably go for a monster match next yeah. week. Um, yeah, look, that's all for me. Thanks very much for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed, enjoyed it tonight, gents. That's all from me. Um, I did want to bring up something about, but I'll say I'll save it for next week because we've we've gone on a little bit. Um, we'll leave that in as a teaser, I think. And that, and that's all from me. Good night. <laughs>